Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. Hi, I'm Jonathan Bowman-Perks and welcome to my favourite time of the week. I'm very lucky to be with Paul Cleal, who I've known for some years. And Paul is a very successful leader by anybody's standard. Uh, 21 years in PwC, a, a board member at the age of 40, uh, in charge of all of the people issues in PwC. And then also he went out to uh, West Africa, to Nigeria, uh, looking after all those areas and a number of other things that he's now going to talk about. But Paul, be interested in your views on leadership. But, but firstly, um, just give me a bit of flavour of the different things you're now doing as a sort of portfolio career, having finished your time at PwC. Yeah, I'm John. It's been uh, uh, two years, pretty much, since I moved on from the firm after 21 years, uh, 16 as a partner, um, mostly in London, but that bit at the end in, in Lagos, which was uh, which was uh, interesting, uh, as we were just saying. Um, so these days, I decided I wanted to continue what I was doing in the margins of my job when I was at the firm. And a lot of that was about social mobility and education, because those are you know, issues I see as really important for, I guess, in many ways, people, people like me, who particularly those I, I mentor now, who are growing up in South London like I did, but perhaps not expecting to have the sort of career that I ended up having you know, in, in, in PwC. Um, so I spent quite a lot of time in schools, um, but one of my main uh, non-exec roles is um, deputy chair of University of Kingston in yeah. southwest London, and that's um, yeah that's been a big learning process over the last couple of years, learning about higher education as a market and how the changes in funding have, have, have altered the horizon and made life pretty difficult actually for institutions like like ours. Um, so that's been really good. Um, happily, Kingston's in a much better place than it was two years ago, and really you know, heading in the right direction. We've made a lot of real progress. And it's been great to be a part of that. Uh, another one is public appointment at National Citizen Service Trust. Um, it's a body that, depending on whether you've got uh, children who are of GCSE age, you may or may not be familiar with it. But over uh, 100,000 people, 16 to 17 year olds, went on it last year. It's a four week program uh, sponsored by the government uh, through uh, Department of Culture, Media and Sport. And I'm part of the, the new uh, organisation formed last December. Uh, given a royal charter under an act of parliament uh, appointed by the by the Queen to, to be a board member on, on that. Wow. So I'm chairing the audit <coughs> committee there and we're working through some major recommissioning of new contracts and making sure that the programmes delivered safely and you know, all the safeguardings are done properly. Brilliant. So you will have had a real widespread of experience, um, seen good leadership, seen some yeah. bad leadership. Um, we were talking earlier, and I, I really liked your, your three themes you found of what makes good leaders. Do you want to just perhaps share it with, with our audience so they could hear it? Well, I think, I mean, one of the things that I think is most important, um, you know, really for any leader is, is integrity. Um, I've always tried to be honest with people. Um, sometimes you feel like uh, maybe you, you, you need to keep information to yourself, but generally speaking, um, I don't subscribe to the idea that people only should get information on a need-to-know basis. I mean, I think you have a good reason, you have to have a good reason not for telling people information. And I think people, I've always appreciated the honesty, integrity in leaders, and um, I found that 
people have appreciated it means often the quality that people have talked about in particular when they yeah. might kind of get feedback from them and see what they what they appreciate about my, my style. Uh, I think clarity is important uh, in a leader too. I mean, I, I, you know, being able to, exp to create a vision yeah. and communicate that vision in a way that people understand, I think is absolutely you know, essential. I, it's a, there are lots of situations now I see where, where there's a complete lack of clarity. I mean, you can, you can see examples in politics. I don't talk about politics too much, but I mean, there, yeah. there, we've had some, some real lack of leadership recently, and a lot of that, I think, has been down to a lack of clear vision about what people are trying to, trying to achieve. You know, so that's, uh, that's another yeah. know, big, big area. Um, and your third? Um, the third, come on. Um, can we, can we have a pause? <laughs> no, it would just be very natural. Yeah. But what we did talk about, it'll come to you in a moment, yeah. was we did talk about inclusive leadership. Yeah, You've experienced where, where people have been very excluding and, yeah. and part, of, part of your battle is to get you know, a more understanding of greater diversity and more inclusive yeah. leadership. And that was a theme, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And I think that's really... Um, thanks for prompting me on that. Um, yeah, I think inclusivity is, is, has become a more, more important... Um, Area so I, I do some work on inclusivity, um, diversity, and equality for the Premier League football, for example. That's, cool. that's a, an interesting area where the clubs are becoming very much an in international brand, having been local entities historically, and um, that brings with it some growing pains. Um, I think as markets and countries and cities become more diverse, uh, that's great, but it creates issues because of lack of understanding. Yeah. And of course, we find that we're living in, in a city like London. You know, it's an incredibly diverse place and you can no longer just appeal to a small group of people who are like you anymore. That's not enough. You, know, you yeah. might be dealing with 5-10% of your workforce. So um, people who historically adopted a traditional autocratic way of um, dealing with people who were pretty much like them from similar schools and universities now have to deal with people from all over the world, men, women, people with disabilities, people with um, various different challenges, um, mental health was something we touched on earlier. You, know, you have to make everybody feel like they're part of it. So when you're, going back to the point about clarity, when you're communicating your strategy, you have to find ways of getting it across in a way that will be understood, not just by people who think the way you do, but by you know, everybody in the organisation. And that actually probably brings us on to, on this short clip, probably our final one, uh, many leaders, and you are a very inspiring leader, I've known you for some time, you use a coaching style, as does your wife, Suzanne, she's mm. a trained coach. Um, but it, it's, it's also great to find leaders that firstly have courage, like you have, but also have humility um, to admit when they got it wrong. Uh, and what, what do you, looking back on your time uh, as a young but successful board member of PwC, what would you reckon would be one of the lessons you had from when you got things wrong and, and you could have done better? Well, I think a lot of what goes wrong often comes down to communication. Um, and I remember when we were going through, when I was the head of uh, uh, the HR function and running people's strategy for the firm, um, I thought we had a good, rational approach that people would understand, partners would understand. And I think probably I took too much of that for granted. And of course, as a board member, your diary is completely full. There's one meeting after another, you know, throughout the throughout the working week. So if you can avoid having to go out and talk to people, then sometimes you have to deal with some fires back in, back in the office. Mm. And you know, in the end, inevitably, you, you end up defaulting sometimes to, to not spending enough time going out and taking people with you. Yeah. I think I could have done more of that. And certainly in my later leadership roles in the firm, 
both in PwC Africa on the board there and, and in particular when I was running the government public sector practice uh, in, in London for about four years, about 2011 to 14-15, then I think I really made much more effort to make sure people understood because you can talk to people and think you're being clear, going back to the clarity point, yeah. but you've got to understand whether or not the point's landed yeah. and you have to tell the story in different ways, different media and of course now we've got more media, you've got you know, not just emails and voicemails, you've got in-person meetings, you've got you know, all sorts of different other uh, techniques that you can use to get the point across. You've got to work out how you, how most people are going to hear your message. Yeah. And it's got to be short, it's got to be snappy, um, and uh, you've got to take people with you. And I, and I think I didn't invest enough time in that time at some point. Thank you. And, and finally, um, just in the last few uh, moments of our, our time together, your father was very successful as a leader himself in charge of the World Health Organization in Africa. Yeah, that's right. What, what would you say would be one of the tips that he would give to the audience here well, funny, about good leadership? Funny enough, when I, when I um, interviewed him shortly before he died a couple of years ago um, and talked to him about that period of time, he made it, it, we obviously have something in common genetically because he made some of the same mistakes that, <laughs> that I, I repeated later. Um, and he, he often talks about not taking um, people with him, thinking thinking quickly he was a very very creative man very uh, inspirational but often he kind of got there too fast yeah. and yeah you've got to kind of listen to people as well you can't just get the message across you've got to take them with you. thank you paul it's a pleasure thanks, seeing you congratulations for all the work you've done a very successful career this far and thanks for sharing your leadership thoughts So, now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you going to do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, Get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you. <laughs>